Welcome to the Critical Conversations podcast, hosted by two critical care nurses who are doing things differently. We're here to discuss our healthcare system, why preventative health is so important to us, and what you can do about it. What if we told you you had the power to change the trajectory of your life? Would you do it? This is the Critical Conversations podcast. (laughs) Here we are. Hey guys, this is Bree. And this is Laura. We've been talking about this for a while, so we fully appreciate those of you that have been with us from the beginning, that have supported us, and that are here to uh, check it out and listen to us. And any feedback or suggestions you have for future episodes, definitely send them our way. So um, let's dive into it. Um, This is the Critical Conversations podcast. We are critical care nurses. Um, My name is Brianna. I went to the University of Arizona and graduated in 2010 with my bachelor's of science in nursing, my BSN degree, and moved to California where I have worked as a registered nurse on a post-op med surge unit for a year and a half, as well as emergency room nursing. And I've now been doing it for about eight years and have seen death and disease destroy more lives than I can count and want to count. And that's why I'm here. I want to share my story and I want to motivate you guys to stay healthier. And I'll let Laura introduce herself. Hey guys, my name is Laura Gluck. Um, I graduated from Towson University with my BSN, my bachelor's in nursing in 2008. Um, Worked at the University of Virginia where I did orthopedic nursing for one year and quickly moved to the trauma intensive care unit um, and worked there for many years before moving up to Cornell in New York City where I did neurosurgical ICU and then moving to California with my husband where I did general ICU. Um, Me, my experience just like Brie um, led me to a lot of death and dying, a lot of sorrow Um, and where I saw a lot of room for education within our patient populations, um, held the hands of many patients who were dying from preventable illnesses. And that's why I'm here. I am here to help hopefully alter the course of some of, um, your lives and hopefully get you out of places that you don't want to be going. So Bree and I met up about, was it 2016, Brie? Yeah, I think it's been almost two years now, I want to say. Yeah, we found each other actually on the on the world of Instagram, which is both the greatest and the worst thing ever, um, and got together and found out that we have a very similar background, very similar history, both personally and in our, um, in our work lives, and have a very similar passion for people um, to prevent illnesses rather than us responding to tragic incidents and tragic diseases that um, we have to say at the end of the day is preventable. So we're here to help spread the word on how to prevent. So listening to both of us introduce ourselves, we have seen so many terrible things. And Laura and I both use the words death and disease and dying when we are talking about our experience as nurses. And for a while, it was probably the a very depressing time of my life as I adjusted to that. Wouldn't you agree, Laura? Like just 
where we are right now with the positive outlook and our passion for preventative health came over time of learning to adapt and try and make something of the experiences we were having versus kind of getting stuck in the downfall of the healthcare system. You know, I have always seen nursing as this most rewarding, it's incredibly difficult, both taxing mentally, emotionally, physically, but I found it to be just to be completely in awe and just honored by um, what we're able to do. But I would frequently go home and be really devastated that I had to have a conversation with somebody about a patient who had a massive stroke and would never, ever be the same and may not live. And their family saying they just had a little bit of high blood pressure. They just had a little bit of diabetes. Their blood sugar was only only into the 200s. And just finding out that that is such a giant misunderstanding and that their level of, of education on these preventable illnesses was so poor um, and just carrying that with me to know that we could have done better as a as a whole as a medical profession and that somewhere they were let down and by the time they got to me it was too late and that was the heartbreaking part to me um, that my education at that moment actually couldn't impact that one person's life. It was too late for them. Um, and that's kind of what led me into wanting to educate people more. And from what I've, from what I know about you, Brie, you feel the same way and you're in a little bit different environment with the, with the ER, you see, um, a wide range of things where I see only the most critical, but you're seeing the same stuff as me. Yeah. And it was really hard for me to adjust to for a while. It was so hard to see and experience everything from pediatric cardiac arrests and pronouncing children dead, which were sometimes completely preventable um, in certain situations. But the thing that's the most preventable is the long-term chronic illness. The patients that are suffering and on so many different medications and yet they're still coming back to us time and time again and every time we see them they look a little worse and a lot of times the doctors question whether or not they're taking their medications appropriately or if they're skipping doses and it's really never a conversation whether or not they're doing anything else outside of their medication regimen to help themselves. And I think that's where I started to kind of see an outlet, a place where I could do some more research on my own, see if there was something else that was a missing piece to this healthcare puzzle. And although in the ER we don't normally or necessarily have time to do that education, that's why I'm here. That's why I'm here today. That's why I show up on Instagram sharing my story because it's not necessarily the people that are coming through the ER and staying in the ICU that can do things to prevent where they are. It's us trying to help you guys while you're still healthy to stay that way. Absolutely. Absolutely. It's, it's, it's really, really hard to, to see the chronic illnesses and to, it's hard to explain them to them in the moment of their worst moment of their whole life. Um, both for the nurse and for the patients and for the patient's family. It's not an optimal time to be telling them that stuff. It feels like too little, too late. And so 
um, we're trying to explain it well and kind of be your voice of reason and advocate for you both at the bedside and hopefully um, outside of the hospital altogether in this environment where you can you can really learn the things that no one has taught you um, and quite honestly no one taught us either and that's why we're so we're so passionate about this is that there is a general lack of education um, that has now led to a general lack of prevention and um, really a, a deep disconnect in medicine. Um, and more, it goes more into how you will do in your life and how you live your life and quality of life more than dollars, but it will ultimately save you money along the way. Right. I think you made a great point that we as nurses at the bedside we pursued this education on our own because we were motivated by what we were seeing in the hospital, but also we both individually had our own issues going on that we were trying to kind of look a little deeper into. But I think that in itself is something that the population in America doesn't necessarily realize, that nutrition and preventative health measures aren't really part of the conversation when you go visit your doctor because our doctors are not educated on what is possible. Like I know in nursing school, I took a nutrition course maybe for, I feel like it wasn't even a full semester. I felt like it was a part of one section of a semester that I was in. And it was very basic. It was the nutrition pyramid and the calorie counting and how to control diabetes by limiting carbohydrates and things like that. What Laura and I are here to discuss with you and further conversations with each podcast episode are all the things that we have pursued and taught and learned on our own accord. And a lot of doctors are not discussing these things because they don't have the education themselves. Sure. And um, I think even more, even more frequently than the lack of education, there's obviously Bree and I have done a lot of self-education on, on this. And, and honestly, it was for us. It was for ourselves at the time. Um, and more than a lack of education is that there is this um, deeper separation. There's a stigma about educating without having years and years of research done on it. And by years and years, I mean actually like decades. I'm not talking about five years. We've had a lot of research happening um, more and more on nutrition. But as medical doctors, they typically won't put those uh, into action until they've been peer reviewed um, and picked apart. And there's nothing wrong with that, except for there is an urgency of time right now in our country. And and Bree and I have looked at this and done this with ourselves and changed our lives by digging into nutrition and lifestyle and what we can do um, and what we can try that are absolutely, that have no harm, harmful effects involved and are just simply 
simple, simple things that we can do to change things that we can do without knowing the 20 year peer reviewed studies on it. I'm going to interrupt you right there because I want to make sure and we, I think we should have done a disclaimer possibly at the beginning of this. I was thinking about doing that and I totally forgot. Um, we are not nutritionists, dietitians, doctors. We are not offering medical advice. We're offering suggestions of recommendations and sharing our opinions based on the information we have discovered, researched, and uncovered just in our own path. Um, Yeah. So like you were saying, the things we're suggesting and the things we're going to keep talking about in future episodes are going to be things that are recommendations to try and incorporate into your life if it works for you and continuing to ask questions. We're not telling you to avoid the healthcare system altogether. And yeah, we, we should have discussed yeah. that because that's in no way would I ever recommend people not go to the hospital if they need to. If anything, we want to promote and inspire and encourage you to actually make that appointment for your annual physical exam. People in their 20s are probably the worst at doing that. And as people get older, sometimes they avoid it too because they don't want to hear potentially bad news. Um, Avoiding those annual exams, blood work, getting your vitals checked, your blood pressure, your heart rate, maybe getting an EKG to see how your heart is functioning. Those are all core components of preventative health. It's not just the hippie stuff. It's not the yoga and the meditation and the smoothies in the morning and the matcha lattes because we all know I love my matcha lattes. Um, It's all encompassed. It's all incorporated. And we want to open up the conversation about the healthcare system, but also incorporate everything we've learned in the mix. So yeah, that's my disclaimer. Do you have anything to add to that, Laura? Um, No, I think that's perfectly stated. I I really, just talking candidly, obviously, because that's what we're doing, but I really need to say and and recommend that you do go see a physician. I don't care if it's a DO, an MD, an NP, a PA, a naturopath. Like, I don't care who you see, but you need to go and get baselines done. That is the ultimate prevention is going, getting your blood pressure done, like you said, get your labs done. And you might say, why? Because I'm healthy. I don't need to go see somebody. When you're healthy is the best time to go. Yes. You want that baseline. You want to know where you were when you felt that you were the healthiest. Yes. You don't want to just go see somebody just when you're sick because you want to know what the norm is so you can gauge everything else that happens on that. Yeah, that's so well said. Um, Just so you guys know, we're not going to dive into it on this episode, but Laura and I have both gotten very extensive like more extensive than most people probably have um, lab panels, blood work, because of our interest in really perfecting our own health. And we are going to dive deeper into those levels and exams. I had my blood work done almost two years ago initially when I was having a lot of symptoms, but I personally made an appointment just to go see my primary care doctor under my own insurance, not a naturopath or anything like that, just in the next few weeks, just to go get everything rechecked. I'm feeling great. I'm feeling healthy, but I want to see where I'm at and I want to make sure that the things I'm doing are actually working. And if not, I have some information that I can tweak. And I know Laura's currently doing the same thing on her journey as well. You know, I, 
I actually, the first time, I think I was a brand new nurse. I might've been 20, 21, 22. Um, I showed up at my doctor's office and they wanted to know what was wrong with me. And I actually said that I'm there to get a full panel and everything done. Cause I wanted to know where I was at that moment. And that was just coming from not who I am now, but that was just me knowing as a nurse, I should know where I am when I feel the healthiest. So I will have a reference if I suddenly don't feel healthy. So you can go back and be like, okay, this has changed. Um, and I know that I did that when I was 21 or 22 and I would absolutely, no matter where you are now, you might be like, holy crap, I'm for, I'm 42. I haven't done that. It's never too late to start that. Yeah, um, that's really impressive, actually, because I was the 20-year-old that never got any of that checked. I don't think I've had my blood drawn since I was like a teenager. <laughs> and I didn't actually pursue going to the doctor, getting anything checked until I was having symptoms. And that's like a whole nother episode because I was having symptoms for a full year. But um, yeah, I was that person. I didn't pursue a deeper understanding. I would say most people are that person, Brie. I'm the kind of like the oddball who wants to know information. But I also, I was also, I internalize a lot of things and I was watching my patients and I was seeing what was happening with them. And we get to see life through a different looking glass, guys. We are seeing, we, we get to see the beginning of diseases. We get to see the lifestyles before those diseases begin. We get to see it one year, five years, 10 years, 30 years down the road and how it's progressed and how it changes people's bodies. Um, and so when I was a nurse and I'm seeing these patients, it really, really, really did inspire me to um, start taking a look at myself, making sure I knew where I was um, and kind of adjusting things, even though I was nowhere near where I am now at 21, I was still like, all right, I got to figure out my baseline so I can adjust everything accordingly. Yeah. I wish I would have. I would have loved to know what the baseline was for me because some of my levels were so extreme when I got the results and it took a lot of work and time and commitment and focusing in on fixing those things when I probably truly could have prevented it earlier. And I know that we're going to dive into your stuff later on too, but it was interesting to me when you told me that you looked back on your results, that you... Yeah, you saw things that you hadn't seen previously that weren't crazy abnormal, but they were abnormal enough you should have paid attention to them sooner. But I didn't know any better, and no one had told me. And that's a whole separate issue, is is lab ranges, but we won't get into that right the second. <laughs> it's a whole it's a whole conversation by itself. Right. Well, I feel like we've done a pretty strong intro as to our our backgrounds, our passion. As you guys know, we show up on Instagram every day with information and inspiration and whether it's us inspiring you just to make healthier food choices or just be more mindful about uh, the thoughts you're having, the activity you're doing, the people you're surrounding yourself with like we're trying to inspire you on so many different platforms and we can't wait to utilize this podcast to have bigger conversations around that absolutely i think um i think that what i really want with this is to have people understand that it's much more simple um you don't need a lot of money 
to make a huge impact and change the trajectory of your health. Uh, it's, right. it's very simple. And we live in a world that has overcomplicated everything. And the wellness industry creates a privileged persona around it, I would say, just from the things I see. And I'm lucky enough to be a part of a lot of the things that a lot of people have never been able to experience. And yet I still don't feel like I'm privileged enough to experience some of those things. And I truly, you're so right. I truly want to really intensify the simplicity of what preventative health truly means and should be. It doesn't need to be overcomplicated or expensive. I agree with the privilege thing. I think I, I agree with it. I think that it's true to some degree. I, I, I see it and I acknowledge it. Um, but I don't want people to get hung up on it. And I don't want people to think that it's that health, that good health, is only for the privileged. And it, there is a, a certain stigma and spin that it does appear that way. Um, but I really, really want to bring home to you that it is possible. It is very possible. And it's it's essential that you understand that your, your, your health is in your hands and that you are capable of making decisions on a day-to-day, moment-to-moment basis that add up to giant changes in your trajectory in your life. Um, That your genes are a small part of your overall health outcomes and that you actually have a lot more control and a lot more say-so in where you're going in your life than people liked you to think all the time. Absolutely. And sometimes doctors can make the family health history in your gene pool seem like they're all the things that are going against you and there's nothing you can do about them. I've heard, I've heard it time and time again. Oh, your mom died of a heart attack and your dad had diabetes and so that's why this happened to you. That's not necessarily the case. And that's why Laura and I are here. We want to have the bigger conversation about the things that you can do on a day-to-day basis to change, like you said at the very beginning of this, the trajectory of your health, of your life, of your story. And I want, I want us to, I really want you to feel empowered. I want to take the power back. I want you to feel empowered with the information and, um, the education that we can give you, but the information that you have of yourself, your blood pressure, even if it's high, your blood sugar, even if it's high and your family history, even if it sucks, like even if you have what appears to be everything going against you, I want you to know that you can use that information for your advantage. It does not have to be a negative. Um, And I really want you to understand that we're here to help you and be an advocate for you so you can go be an advocate for yourself. And your friends and family. I want you to take what you learn here, talk about it, open up a bigger conversation with the things that we talk about. Continue to spread that message. Continue to share what you're learning with the people around you. I felt like a broken record for so long just talking to my friends and family and t- before I had like my blog and my Instagram platform and a bigger platform to open up my conversation 
And sometimes people have to hear things time and time again before it really sinks in. So don't stop trying. Don't stop trying to help your parents, your best friend, your husband, your wife, like whoever it is. If there's something that they can be doing, make sure you're sharing that information with them as well. I'm going to speak to that real quick. I'm laughing because um, I personally don't necessarily learn best by people telling me things over and over again. (laughs) Um, And I know that, for instance, my husband doesn't necessarily do things best. Like, I think that some people, their personalities will reject what they're being told if they're just being, like, yelled at over and over again. People don't like to be being told, like, to can their vices. Like, if your vice is soda, me yelling at you to not drink soda is probably not going to work. But I think through little bits of education and through just doing what you feel is important to you and showing um, how you live and how that's affecting you um, is actually speaks more loudly than directing your spouse or your child to not do something. Oh, I, I agree. I think I might have said it wrong. That's not how I intended it to be. It's more of like lead by example. Take the information you're learning, lead by example, kind of share what's working with you to spread the message, kind of like you and I are doing right now. I, I, totally, I was laughing though, Brie, because I was like, I could totally see somebody be going and taking this and being like, I'm going to tell you over and over again. <laughs> that doesn't work. And it usually is a pretty big turn off. Yeah. I would um, agree with that. And when I was first learning everything I was learning, I yeah. was like screaming it from the mountaintops, all the things that I was discovering. And people don't absorb it that way. I've noticed the biggest impact now that I live the life that's that I've discovered. When you walk the walk and kind of lead by example, that's when the biggest impact and influence actually happens. And I think it's, for me, for me personally, I'm a very inquisitive person. Um, as most of you know, if there's anything that I have a question about, even if we're out to dinner, my husband and I fact check each other all the time. Um, I look it up because I need to know, and I love education. And when I was learning about, um, like the gut health, the gut health really set me off. Like I went into a rabbit hole. It was, I learned one thing and I was like, what, why does that work like that? And I'd learn another thing. I think that, um, different things are going to make different people interested. And if you guys are all here listening, I think that you to some degree agree with us that um, it's interesting to learn more and it's interesting to figure out how people are thinking. And I think if you ever hear something here that you don't necessarily agree with, I think that's great. I think that's totally fine. I think that you should question everything. Absolutely. um, Because by questioning things and forces you to dig into it and maybe you will understand things in a different way and learn something that you didn't even know that you were going to learn. You kind of like accidentally push yourself. Um, Absolutely. And I'm, I want to encourage you guys to reach out to us too. Um, Like email, Instagram, whatever on our website to reach out to us. If we say something you don't agree with, or you want more clarification or information on, please ask, please tell us. We are having this conversation for you. We're here to expand the conversation around health and wellness. And I've gotten a lot of questions about the topics and suggestions for the topics we're going to talk about. So keep those coming. We love hearing that. And we love just 
keeping this conversation open and expanding everything that we're learning. And we're here for you. We're here to share everything we're working on. And um, I don't. What do, what do you think our first topic's going to be, Laura? Do you have any ideas? <laughs> well, if any of you was today, the day is the twenty fifth. Yeah, February twenty fifth. Um, if any of you were a part of my like 20 slide, I call them slides. I know they're stories, but I'm such a nerd. I call them slides. My 20 slide um, rant from yesterday about the article I found in the New York Times that says that prevention isn't um, a good solution and actually doesn't change or shift the costs of healthcare. I feel like I really need, I feel like we need to talk about that. Yeah, because I think that's I think that's a great place to just dive into what society's perspective is and I think it has to do with definitions and then we have to kind of go from there and um what they were suggesting at that time and we'll talk about this obviously when we discuss it but what they're suggesting in the article as prevention um I think prevention is a larger paradigm than just uh screenings and they're discussing specifically screenings and um, I think it's a great jump off point to what's going on in our healthcare system to what we, Bree and I, and actually a lot of people, my husband's a physician, I was talking to him about the thing and he said, that's screenings, that's not prevention. So I think that there's in our society, in our culture, we actually have maybe multiple definitions of prevention and what that actually looks like. So um, I think that would be a great dive off point for our opening opening this is our opening guys but this is more like what are we what are we doing here and why are we talking um and then we'll actually talk about specific topics but I think that'd be a really good spot to start yeah I agree with that I mean preventative health is exactly why we're here because we believe that it's powerful and that it truly can make a difference so when Laura discovered that article she was so freaking fired up um (laughs) i mean for those of you that follow her on instagram you know when she gets fired up that (laughs) she is on her stories trying to explain herself all day long but it's so hard to get the message across clearly in that platform and that's why we're here that's why that's why the podcast exists so we can expand that conversation and i totally agree i think we should just finish this one up and dive right into preventative health and what we believe that looks like and what that definition is to us and how we can help other people see it that way as well. That sounds great. Uh, Guys, we're so glad you're here. We're so happy that um, you joined us today and we hope that you continue joining. Um, We're finishing up for our first opening podcast and thanks for coming. Thank you so much. Um, You can find us at Critical Conversations on Instagram. We also have a website up that we will be uploading the podcast to and just small blogs and tidbits of information as well. You can check that out at criticalconversationspodcast.com and sign up for our newsletter too for any announcements that we might have because we plan to continue doing events and different things down the line that we will want you to be a part of. So that's it. Thank you guys so much for listening. Please help us open up this critical conversation to anyone else you may know and share the information.